For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. Thrilled to have her. We covered the story a few days ago. We're going to get into it. Extensive, impressive resume. She has not one, but two New York Times bestselling books. Uh, talks a lot about human behavior, but this is going to be a little more personal to her. Ashley Merriman, how are you, ma'am? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I, this is definitely a very personal thing for me. So thank you for letting me talk about it. Let's just start right there because, you know, bias is on the table. I'm a VA patient. I'm a veteran. Why do we have, because you've written so much about human behavior, you've written these books on it, you've lectured on it, you've talked about it. Why do we as a nation have this cognitive dis- dissidence when it comes to the veterans affairs stuff? Because it's almost like we understand the numbers, 9 million veterans in the healthcare system, 15 million veterans in the whole s- country, and yet we treat it like it's the DMV or the IRS. Why, why do you think that is? Whew, that's a fantastic question. I don't think there's an easy answer. And I also think if we can sort of bifurcate it into two different things, one is the public presentation and the public's understanding of it. And one is the, the actual people involved in the VA bureaucracy, whether it's veterans or people who are working at the VA or Congress and funding it. So I think we kind of have two different things going on here, right? One is that the public just doesn't know how badly things are going for the VA and how difficult it is. The idea is, oh, well, we should take care of our veterans. We do that. Oh, thank God, because I, otherwise I would have been worried. And so occasionally, you'll, you know, there'll be a scandal. You know, you'll have, you know, John Stewart make some headlines. Um, but, you know, day to day, we think there is this, there is an entity that is supposed to take care of veterans. And we don't expect that it's not doing their job. And then on the other hand, the people who are more engaged with it in a sort of regular basis, VA staff, watchdogs, VSOs, you know, the veteran servants organizations, they're, they actually know almost to a fault how many backlogs there are, how long this process takes. So it's not shocking to them. So it's hard for them to actually you know, step up and say, oh my gosh, this is a problem because they're just used to it and they're sort of just being ground down by it. So I think that there's those two things going on. And also when you were saying exactly about the numbers, I think that works to our disadvantage in this case, because when you start talking about people in the millions, my brain can't handle that. My brain understands that I have friends who are veterans who are having a problem. But once you sort of start scaling up the conversation in terms of the numbers, when we're talking again about the sort of human performance, it, it becomes a good and a bad news story. 
it's a good news story in terms of, hey, this is an important issue. Look how many people this impacts. And it's a bad news story because once you're starting to talk about that many people, it's hard for me to understand that it's actual people and that it's actual people's lives. So we have to have some way to change the conversation to remember that these are people and what the impact is. We're talking to Ashley Merriman. Um, you, you did exactly what I think is the way to do that. We, when these stories do break through, it's because it's a personal story. Uh, it's a story about a person, not about a number, not about the case number, not about trying to get their final determination. And you went really personal. You wrote in militarytimes.com a piece. Uh, and just the disclaimer, Military Times is not actually affiliated with the military. That's just what it's named and targeted towards. Uh, bureaucracy is failing blue water Vietnam veterans. And you told the story of a blue water Vietnam veteran. And it's a personal story directly related to you. And that's how you tried to cut through the noise to get to those items, like how the records keeping and those things are preventing these veterans from getting care. Right. Um, well, the story you're talking about isn't just anybody. It's my stepdad. And my stepdad joined and in a time when you know, the draft was it was out there, but you could kind of get out of it. Right. You could get married or go to college or just say, yeah, I don't feel like it. So they weren't really in actually like hauling people off to jail if you refused to go to the draft. And this is 1961. But my stepdad actually grew up the son of a World War II veteran who parachuted into Normandy and he wanted to join the military. He wanted to be a patriot. So he joins the military. Again, this is in 61. Kennedy just got elected. No one knows about you know, Vietnam. There's some, somebody says, oh, we're going to have some advisors somewhere, whatever. Um, but a few years later, he's on a Garrier deck. You know, and now Vietnam is really becoming, you know, a national, international crisis. And, you know, he's washing Agent Orange off of helicopters and planes and sleeping on the deck with the soaked Agent Orange towel as his pillow, waiting for the next group of helicopters to come in. And, you know, and he leaves in 1966 and walks out and there are protests in the street. You know, his dad had parades and dancing and joy. And, you know, he and his, and I, I've never asked him because I don't want to like, you know, really push him on how much, how much direct pain was this inflicting to you. But, you know, he and his peers were spat on. They weren't helped. You know, so you have this man who loves his country, served his country honorably, and, he can't get his benefits. He never even knew he was entitled to any veterans benefits for until about four years ago when I said, dad, you can actually get, you know, a discount for your state driver's license and things like that. He had no idea. And so we started this application process and it has just been a nightmare. It's just been heartbreaking. And he's not the only one, obviously. Um, but unfortunately, I think his experience is all too representative, especially of this class of veterans. Yeah, it really is representative because you used a great image in your piece talking about that classic scene from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where they put the Ark of the Covenant in this, you know, endless warehouse. Part of the problem here is the system has gotten overloaded because we now have a digital VA benefit system, but the Vietnam era vets who are flooding into the system trying to get benefits because many of them are getting elderly, they're getting more towards the end of their life and they need more care, they're retired, uh, they need 
financial care. They need health care. Their records are all paper. Their records are, in a lot of ways, especially the Vietnam era guys, incomplete. And the records they do have have not been properly maintained, especially in the COVID area the last couple of years. And you touch on that in the piece. And that is exacerbating an already overworked, uh, under-efficient system. Yeah. Well, I call it a tale of two backlogs. It was the worst of times, and it was the worst of times. You already had this existing VA backlog, famously existing VA backlog. And so my dad was a sailor serving on this carrier. He never put boots on the ground in Vietnam. So even though he had physical contact with Agent Orange, the statutes that allowed him to have benefits for it did not apply because you had to have boots on the ground to have this sort of automatic assumption that, and if you had this diabetes or things like that, that it was related to Agent Orange. He had to prove that he was exposed to Agent Orange, and he, then he has to prove that his diabetes is related to his Agent Orange. There are no records of him sleeping on Agent Orange towels, <laughs> right? It was just something you had to do at the time. So this is a really hard burden. And so Congress, and there have been congress, there have been multiple laws people have been debating case um, court cases trying to get these what they call blue water veterans the veterans who served in the um, Vietnam War but didn't have boots on the ground they were serving on ships they were serving on planes um, and it estimates around like 560,000 Navy and Marines uh, at the time so finally as of January um, 2019 they were allowed um, 2019, they were allowed, they were allowed to um, actually start having applications to get this new eligibility. And so the flood of applications starts going and then COVID hits. So now VA offices around the country shut down. They, you know, people can't go into the office to file things. They can't get, uh, they can't go to get documents. And at the same time that the VA is shutting down and they're trying to transition to telework and they're canceling 325,000, well, they didn't cancel that many, but 325,000 veterans end up being on waiting lists for medical exams. And at the same time as that's happening, what you were saying in terms of that right of the lost ark, the National Archives office that keeps military records is sort of in a suburb of St. Louis and or near bouts. And they have 56 million paper military records going all the way back from the Spanish-American War. They shut down too. So traditionally, the VA asks for um, for records to confirm veterans. And then veterans themselves also ask the records because they're trying to submit as complete a package when they're doing their application for benefits as possible. And so now archives is shut down and now you start getting these two parallel and inter I kept saying that they're like my dad and a bunch of his classmates are in this stuck in this middle of this Venn diagram of bureaucracy because you had the existing VA backlog and then you had the COVID VA backlog and then you had the archives COVID backlog and for about I think eight or nine months my stepdad would call and say what was the status of his file. And they would say, oh, we're waiting for documents from archives. And he'd say, what documents? Maybe I have them. No, no, it's fine. We're getting them from archives any day now. 
They never once in all of the times he called, and he was calling hundreds of times, they never once told him what he was missing. And they never said, oh, by the way, archives is closed. And he had to find out because of a veteran's chat board. And they were like, God, Ray, your documents are coming. Veteran archives is closed. So he goes back to the VA and he says, is archives closed? And they said, yeah, that, that's why your documents aren't here. And he's like, well, can you, will you tell me now? And he's like, yeah, we're missing your ship logs. He's like, I have them. So he sends his copies of the, of the ship logs, his originals, and the VA claim suggester denies it because it's up to each individual claim suggester when they're going to accept a veteran's documents or not. And they said, no, instead, we're going to wait for archives, even though archives is closed. So it's just, it's insane. <laughs> the fact that the one place in the world where veterans need their records, and this obviously, as you said, it, this hits, you know, not just, or, you know, it hits, unfortunately, our oldest veterans the hardest because more recent veterans have electronic records, but World War II veterans and their families, Vietnam veterans, their records are on paper. And the only place in the world they can get it has been operating with a skeleton staff since March 2020. Talking to Ashley Merriman, we're going to dig into more of why the bureaucracy is really the problem, uh, the access to care to VA, and she's going to contrast it with some current news and events related to COVID and how that shows that the wheels of government can turn plenty fast when they want to and ask the question why they aren't for our veterans. Ashley Merriman continuing with her right after this on Hurtell. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. We're talking to Ashley Merriman. Very personal story to her, although she's well accomplished in other areas. Make sure you're checking out her various books and media appearances. You talk about the bureaucracy of the VA. I'm a VA patient. I will listen to that song all day long because we <laughs> sing it daily. But you compare it to what's been in the news lately with COVID and all the assistance with COVID. And it seems like our government can cut plenty of red tape when it needs to and can get plenty of checks in the mail to folks when it needs to. And yet for Veterans Affairs, that hasn't been happening at all, has it? No. And that's the part where this sort of kills me the most, because I'm well aware that this is not a new problem and that for decades, the expression that veterans, which I know you know, is delay, deny, till you die, right? This is not a new expression, but what really killed me is that, okay, archives is closed. Again, the tale of two backlogs. And while archives is closed and the VA is having its exploding backlog, in the civilian sector, COVID relief is getting easier and easier and easier to get. So uh, they, you know, rent assistance. You All you need to get rent, emergency rent assistance is to fill out a form saying, I don't have any paper to prove I need rent, but this is how much I need. I don't have a copy of my lease. I don't have anything at all. And why is it that easy? Because the federal government actually requires that the application is that easy. The federal government actually at one point said that some, so the, the government for rent assistance, this is just one example, but for rent assistance, they cut you know, big checks to the states and then the states are responsible for actually disseminating the rent assistant check. The federal government said, some of you states have two, your, your applications for rent emergencies are too difficult. 
And if you don't make them easier and start giving money faster, we're going to take your money away and give it to the states that make it easier to apply. So the self-attestation, the I did this, I promise. I mean, famously, you know, at the Small Business Administration, when you add up just two or three of their aid programs for COVID, you're talking about almost, I think, a trillion dollars in loans now. And famously, people apparently went out and got their PPU loan and used a Ferrari, bought it for a Ferrari, right? But it's all self-estimation. There's no independent verification. There's no requirement for documents for so many of these programs. And yet the VA didn't give any sort of COVID pandemic relief for the veterans, even though my dad's only document who could prove his service and eligibility for Agent Orange aid was locked in an archive that was closed, it didn't matter. And to me, that's the part where I'm like, oh, okay, so the wheels, you know, I wrote this in the article, the wheels of government can go fast if it's a priority, but our veterans aren't a priority. And that's just the brutal truth. I mean, the IRS was able to send out 90 million stimulus checks within a week. One week. My dad's file was not opened for 11 months. Not even looked at. Yeah. And what makes it so brutal for the veterans is uh, folks may not realize until you have a rating and that final determination letter and you can print out your own letters from the VA, you get nothing. Uh, you have no rights. You have no nothing. Um, they, they will back pay it just to be clear here. They back pay it to when you first filed, but I know a case in Durham personally, where they, they just back paid this guy like two years ago from 63, like they, they can, they're just, oh, well, you'll get it on back pay. But when these guys are in their seventies and eighties, or they have a serious health condition, like you're talking about, yeah, the government's like, well, we're going to clear the backlog by 2024. Tell a 78 year old vet that's got cancer and stuff that, Hey, we might get this fixed in five years. Just ain't good enough. Right. And, and I think, and, and to be fair, I guess let's be fair. Um, the VA and the archives have done things to make the situation better. Congress has appropriated money to let the archives scan a bunch of these paper documents but archives has been really clear that it'll take 18 to 24 months to clear the backlog after they reach 100% staffing. They haven't been at 100% staffing since March of 2020, and there's no end in sight. They're back at 25% staffing. The VA has got money. They, they announced they were going to hire 2,000 new claims adjusters. But they waited to announce that they were going to hire them until the backlog had already almost tripled. It was 75,000 in March 2020. It's now 260,000. And it wasn't until 200,000 that they said, hey, maybe we should hire people. And so what's happening is the, the steps that the institutions have been taking. Remember when I talked earlier about, you know, where's the focus is the money for the bureaucracy. We'll, we'll hire more staff and then it'll take a year to hire the staff and months more after that to train them. So we'll actually have them working. And you know they're not clearing the backlog by 2024. That's not the goal. The goal is to reduce the backlog to 100,000 in two years, which is still 25,000 more than it was in March, 2020, right? Yeah. So, but what my, what my argument in the article was is, how do, why don't we just help the veterans now? And there are easy things we could do to help the veterans now, right? We could, 
you were talking about the final determination and it's, it's binary. It's all or nothing. My stepdad gets not a dollar of disability benefits until his final determination. It's already been three years. It could be days. It could be months more. There's no dispute that he is a disabled veteran. Disabled veterans get at least 150, you know, it's annually adjusted. This year, it's $152 a month. Why don't you just start cutting him that check? You can give him more later. What you were saying in terms of they need the money now is exactly right. My dad's 78. He started this in 75. And when he was 75, he thought, wow, I could use this money to come visit you, Ashley. This would be great. I'll pay some bills and maybe if I, you know, maybe we can, you know, see each other for Christmas. Now he's saying I'm 78. I may not get this until I'm 79 or 80. What he physically can do, what he needs for this is going to be different. And it's not just him. There's lots of, you know, very elderly people who should not be waiting, you know, five or 10 years before they get a dollar. Again, especially when COVID is handing out small businesses, home loans, waiving student loans for completely honor system. So why don't we do that for our veterans? And and there's a triple, there's also a, a trickle down effect, right? You mentioned the disability rating. Everybody focuses on the VA. If you have a disability rating on the federal system, the states give you discounts. The states give you tax write-offs. The banks give you veterans home loans. You're not eligible for any of that till the feds do it. So what we need, why don't we have a, an IOU? Here's my copy. I don't have the original document. Here's the receipt of when I applied at archives. I am a veteran. If I'm not a veteran and you find out later, you can get the money back and throw me in the pokey, right? Yeah. It doesn't sound hard when that's exactly what we're doing for the civilians, right? Give them a way to self-attest. It can be time-limited. It can be an IOU. There's lots of different ways to figure it out. Just start cutting those checks for minimums. It's not everything. That's fine. But it's something. And and I understand. I mean, I've, I've thought about this a lot, obviously. You know, 20 years ago, when, or heck, maybe they were writing this 40 years ago, about that's nothing until the final determination. Well, 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, that made sense, right? Because it was a a person with a paper and a typewriter actually doing the math to figure out how much money you deserved. But now it's all computerized. Now we can alter the amount of money you're getting with literally a a couple of keystrokes. It's not going to be so burdensome on the VA to give people a floor and then build from there. And, And again, it's these kinds of things we did all of this. We took all of these opportunities to help civilians during COVID, but we haven't done the same for our veterans. Yeah. And we've been advocating too about things like waiving the 30% disability to get free VA care in the VA system. Uh, you can waive that while they're processing and, and you can always go back and fix it later if you need to, but almost all those guys will clear 30% later on. Uh, let's wrap this up by going back to where we started though. Uh, we have with the technology we have, we have people who have ability to do their own media now. We can do more and more human interest stories about our veterans. Uh, we need to, you know, I know there's a big push to record the World War II vets because we're almost out of them, but we're getting there with the Vietnam vets now. They're all in their 60s, 70s, 80s now. How do we get the human interest story front and center of this 
so that we can start fighting against the bureaucratic side of this where folks just, you know, their eyes glaze over at the numbers and, you know, people don't realize this is the se- the VA is the second biggest department of government to take care of 9 million people. It's, it's ridiculous how big and powerful this system is. And we're getting so little out of it for the money we're putting into it. You're a writer, you're an advocate, you you do all kinds of media. Just use your expertise for a second. How do we get this story front and center in a way that we have failed these Vietnam vets for 50 years and we're failing our Iraq and Afghanistan vets for the last 20? Well, there are definitely organizations. I mean, they're organizations who of Blue Water veterans who've been fighting and they're the people who got the law, the law changed to help my dad and his peers get Agent Orange benefits. So there's definitely some of those organizations. I think some of, well, on a... I think everybody blew it in terms of this story because you know the states and the and the federal government haven't done anything to help. The media hasn't been you know the media every few months goes oh there's a backlog, but that's about it. Um, the the American Legion, veterans of foreign wars, have not been focused on this story enough. They're not have facilitating. They're not. We should have the large existing veterans organizations that already have contact with those people saying, tell us your stories, we'll videotape it, you know, we'll call in and we're going to post all of these to your Congress so that we could, you know, get some sort of, because, because they've been pretty silent about these issues. I've been astonished. They'll occasionally repost a Stars and Stripes article, but I mean, I personally, you know, I, I called the VFW national office and left repeated messages, could not get a return call, could not find anyone who was interested in this issue. Like you were literally the veterans of foreign wars. So I think that veterans should be calling their congressmen. They should be calling their local medias. They should start just, you know, having, you know, videotaping, a, you know, on, on some, you know, someone's phone or an audio call and start posting those, but making sure that other organizations help them and it shouldn't be the individual veterans responsibility to push out their story because there are, you know, some big organizations that could be helping. And I think they need to do more on this. Yeah. And we can all use our social media for things other than sending cat pictures and yelling at Washington. Uh, This is one of those areas where, you know, you probably got a vet in your neighborhood or in your family or in your circle of influence. Uh, sit down, talk to him, make a little video of it, ask him if you can do it. And let's try that way because the way we're doing it sure ain't working. Let's try something new. Ashley Merriman, uh, we're going to continue to follow this. So I want to have you back soon. We can update this story and continue to follow it. But you have a lot of stuff going on. You have books, you have appearances, uh, super talented lady. Let folks know where they can follow you and find your stuff. Um, well, you can reach me at Twitter, just my name, Ashley Merriman. And also I have a website, ashleymerriman.com. And you can email me, especially if there are any Vietnam veterans, Blue Water veterans out there. Um, I, I'm not a caseworker, uh, but if I have any insights and can help you connect with someone, I would, I would be honored to do that. So please reach out. Yep. And that's Merriman like Christmas, M-E-R-R-Y. Uh, we so greatly appreciate your time on short notice because we covered this story and then a mutual friend of ours is like, Hey, do you want to talk to her? I'm like, heck yeah, I want to talk to her. So (laughs) thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we're going to do this again. And I also maybe on the longer form, really dig into this topic because I just don't think we can talk about it enough because there's just not awareness to it and we're not going to be quiet about it. And I appreciate your efforts, ma'am. Well, thank you for having me on and for continuing the conversation. Yes, ma'am. Anytime. Appreciate your time.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.